Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, the Bristol Night Race. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I'm your host, Connor. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, This is a quick podcast, 20 minutes max, where I just break down my thoughts on the race, what's happening in NASCAR, and look forward to what's coming up. If you want to get involved with the conversation, I would very much enjoy if you did so. Go to Facebook and search The Top 5, all spelled out, not the number 5, the word 5. You can find my page where I post this podcast, and I share my thoughts throughout the week, and I would love for you to leave a comment. Let me know what you think. You can disagree with me, agree with me, feel free. I just like to have conversations about NASCAR. You can also check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the top five. So we had the Bristol night race this past weekend. And here are my top five takeaways from that race. Number one. It's truly hard to put Bristol into words if you've never been. They call it the pilgrimage to go to the Bristol night race. And I don't think anything could be more accurate. If you are a NASCAR fan, at some point you have to make the pilgrimage to East Tennessee in September and watch the Bristol night race. It's not as expensive as you might think. And I could do a whole, whole different podcast on that, but trust me, It is a must-do for NASCAR fans. And I think that having the night race as a cutoff race is brilliant. That is one thing that NASCAR has nailed. Having their end of the season and uh, playoff cutoff races is placed very, very well. The intensity at Bristol is already amped up because it's Bristol. It's a short track. It's banging and beating off each other and... Uh, you know, lots of wrecks and cautions. And then having it as a cutoff only heightens that uh, intensity. There was a massive crowd on hand, as always at Bristol. Uh, And I think that Bristol does pre-race better than any other track. The pyro and... The way that they do their driver intros, just the whole thing. It is a sight to behold. I sat there the whole time watching it, feeling nostalgic and desperately wishing that I could go back. And I will at some point, maybe next year. We'll see. But I was so in awe of Bristol and I was so excited for the actual race to get started, which brings me to my next point. Number two. So normally I break down stages one and two as my number two, and then the end of the race is my number three, but I have so many thoughts I want to get to regarding other things than just racing itself uh, that surrounded the race that I'm going to try and break down the whole race. So early on, Harrison Burton and whoever drives the 15 uh lap 45 had tire issues uh lap 84 austin sendrick brought out the caution with the tire issue lap 92 ryan Bra- ryan blaney brought out the the caution same thing 
uh, this is going to be, you're going to sound like a broken record with a different name in front of it with right front tire issue, right front tire issue. Uh, on that pit stop though, Blaney lost a wheel. It was a terrible mistake for his team and the wheel went, uh, the wheel went flying. They didn't keep it in the box. Blaney's going to, his, his crew chief's going to be suspended at least four races. It's going to cost his team. Uh, and then something happened with Blaney's car. Something broke in the rear suspension. He was dragging on the track. He ended up being black flagged. Um, I felt bad for him. He he looked like he had a good car early and then just nothing but issues. He did get back on the track later, though. Uh, early in stage one, Brad Keselowski stampeded to the lead uh, and won stage one. And then early in stage two, Harrison Burton had a, another uh, front tire go down and brought out the caution. And also in early stage two, both 23XI, uh, the Bubba Wallace in the 45 and whoever's driving uh, the car, that the 23 that Bubba normally drives, had power steering issues and were out of the race due to it. And not in that the power steering wasn't working and that it was locking up. Lap 71 uh, of stage two, Harrison brought out the caution for the third time, which I just don't, I, I can't wrap my head around. I've said this time and time again. Why is Harrison Burton in the Cup Series? I mean, I know why. His last name is Burton. But it's just week after week of this clown causing issues that affect the entire field it's one thing to go out there and just stink it up and and run in the back and you know finish 37th but this guy continues to affect the entire field he needs to spend more time in the lower tiers before he's brought up uh lap 203 truex had a power steering issue which made for the third toyota out of the race Tough break for him. He's not in the playoffs, but I don't know if I've ever seen a guy have a tougher season than than the season that Truex has been having. Uh, and then uh, Dennis had Dennis Hamlin had a, uh, a tire go down right front again uh, in right in the middle of stage two, and then lastly Christopher Bell won um, stage two. Stage three started with possibly the the best thing that could ever happen. Uh, lap 270, Cryo Bush lost an engine. Fans went nuts. I went nuts. It's just such a beautiful sight to see. And that boo-boo face that he makes is just so terrific. Uh, I just love it. Um, so on that restart... There was a huge wreck on, on the back. What happened was uh, Daniel Suarez got loose. It was on a restart, so the field was together. He collected a ton of cars. Um, you, know, you, you didn't see it. You saw the replays of it because NBC has the worst period, broadcast period, team period ever, period. If you ever watch, and I don't watch much of it, but the award shows when they get into the technical awards they hand out awards for directing sports broadcasts you'll typically see the i don't remember his name and i didn't look it up 
but the director of NASCAR on Fox is constantly winning awards for for the broadcast. Maybe NBC should hire this guy or anyone because they're they're constantly missing things. You'll hear the the broadcast point something out, and it's not like it happens so quick. And I know everything happens quickly in NASCAR, but it's the yellow's out. The the field is slowed down, and we're still not seeing it. NBC's coverage across the board is just trash. Moving on, lap 389, uh, Logano had a flat tire under green. And then a few laps later, Keselowski lost a front right horseshoe under green. And both of these happened without bringing out the caution. And this is what I mean when I put down Harrison Burton. Because a few laps later, Harrison Burton brought out the caution again. Uh... Drivers like Keselowski and Logano know how to handle their car under duress and get on pit road without affecting the entire field. Tough break for them, but drivers like Harrison Burton don't know how to do that, and they are affecting the whole field and shouldn't be in the field. Uh, On the... Yellow flag, there was about 100 laps to go. It was more than likely going to be the last pit stop. Both Harvick and Hamlin had tire issues uh, on their final pit stop, which was a huge bummer, especially for Harvick, who had been in position all day, was in a must-win type situation, and he didn't do anything to to cause him to be out of the playoffs and um, to, to not have a chance at winning the race. His team did which has got to be frustrating. It's part of the sport. It is what it is. Uh, on the restart, Chris Buescher took off to the lead and won the race. Congratulations to Chris Buescher. That's the 19th different driver to win this season, which is insane. I believe one one driver away, one brand new driver away from setting a record, I believe is the case. Uh, and then lastly, no playoff driver won during the first round of the playoffs, which is both unique and I think pretty excellent. Uh, it, in past years, you've seen drivers just sort of get out of the way of the playoff drivers, and you're not seeing that this year, and, and I applaud that. I, I like to see good, hard-quality racing. So congrats to Busher. Uh And what was a mostly exciting race? Now let's move on to my next point. Because you heard me talk a lot about cautions coming out for tires being down. And I have some thoughts I need to share about that. Number three. NASCAR and Goodyear should be completely and utterly embarrassed. The tire issues have been happening all year. I've talked about it multiple times. It's usually been right rear tire issues and on intermediate tracks and cars, you know, back ends coming around on them. This race had 10 that I counted right front tire issues. 10 different drivers. It happened multiple times to some drivers. This has been an issue the entire season. And NASCAR and Goodyear have done nothing 
to fix it. There has been testing. There's been plenty of opportunity. Bristol's not a new track. It's not like this is the first time that they've run it. I know it's the first time they've run it on concrete in this car, and it's not anyone but NASCAR's fault for the gimmick dirt race that they do in the spring. Perhaps if they ran this race on the actual track in the spring, it may have helped. I don't know. But it probably wouldn't have. Because NASCAR and Goodyear have done nothing to fix this. I get some of it is tire pressure and crew chief decision. Some of it is driver error. I understand shit drivers like Harrison Burton are just driving the wheels off the car. But it's happening too much, too often, to too many different drivers to blame anyone but NASCAR and Goodyear. The vast majority of the blame is on Goodyear and NASCAR who oversees Goodyear's uh, tire production. It's gotten to a point where they are affecting the outcome of their own championship, which is an embarrassment. I was watching the race with a neighbor of mine who is not a NASCAR fan, and he noticed it and was asking for an explanation. How do you explain the, this, this issue? I had nothing. His answer was, why do you watch this if you can't explain why this is happening? I mean, the reason is I love the sport and I love to watch it. But this would be the equivalent of the National Basketball Association sending their teams out with defective basketballs and expecting them to play as well as as normal. Could you imagine an oblong ball in basketball bouncing off the wrong direction and just going out of bounds? And then could you imagine that happening over and over and over and over and over in the NBA doing nothing about it? Or Wilson, who makes the basketballs, doing nothing about it? Because that is what's happening in NASCAR right now with these tire issues. I, I just, I, I can't put into words how frustrating it is. And I can't put into words how embarrassed NASCAR and Goodyear should be. They don't seem to be, but they should be. And if they cannot figure out how to make this right, they're going to suffer immensely. They're going to lose fans in droves. I hope they figure it out because I love this sport and I want it to be successful. But man, something needs to be done and it needs to be done quick. Number four. So the playoff standings. You ever been wrong but happy about it? I predicted Harvick... Cendric, Dylan, and Suarez would be the first four out. Who ended up being the first four out were Harvick, Cendric, Dylan, and Kyle Bush. Well, I will take that any day of the week. That is excellent news. So, after the first round, the round of 12 is set, and points reshuffle. 
So Elliot is our current leader, followed by Logano, Ross Chastain, Larson, Byron, Dennis Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman, Suarez, and Cedric. I do find it interesting that Blaney is still in, and the four drivers that were out all won races, some of them multiple races, uh, but those are the rules in which we play by. So, the next set of races should be interesting. Texas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval. Once again, NASCAR choosing a unique and exciting way to end a round, which I appreciate. Um, it, it will be fun to watch. I think these playoffs have been unpredictable. One thing I think we'll see is we're going to start to see playoff drivers winning races. With the exception of Talladega, because Talladega is unpredictable, I think that we will see a playoff driver win um, Texas and Charlotte. I look forward to watching it. I look forward to discussing it with you. Let's move on to my last point, which is always looking forward to the next race. Number five. This Sunday is Texas Motor Speedway, which is in desperate need of some sort of revamping or something needs to be done. It's a boring, boring racetrack. And to make matters worse, it's a 500 miler. Why does Texas get a 500 miler? With the only exception being everything's bigger in Texas, which is stupid. Every time I look up and Texas is on the schedule, I go, all right, Texas. Um, obviously, I'll be watching. I, I hope something's done to make Texas exciting. I expect, as we've seen at Texas, a, a much reduced crowd size. And I expect to see a runaway winner. I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this race won by, I don't know, two, two and a half seconds. As I've been doing through these playoffs each week, I predict who I think the next four out are going to be. Obviously, this will change week to week. As of right now, my prediction is Cendric. Suarez, Blaney, and Byron are the next four out. Also, I predict the winner of the race each week, and I'm going to predict that Joey Logano wins Texas. This prediction is based solely on what I want to happen. If I'm going to watch the race, I sure hope my guy wins it. So take that prediction and bet your house on it. If you win, chip me off 10%. If you lose, that's on you. You shouldn't have bet that much anyway. Don't put that on me. I don't want that juju. Either way, I look forward to watching and reporting back what I've seen. Before I go, I'd like to implore you one more time. Please go to Facebook and search The Top 5. Spell the, the number 5, not the, the actual number. The Top 5. Uh, and also go to Patreon.com forward slash The Top 5. And share with me what you think. You agree with me or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the top five. 
Mein Kampf.